Happy Monday! Full disclosure, we both didn't get any sleep last night, so we're very tired. I was going to say, happy is not the best choice of words. Happy for whom? (laughs) Uh, Coming up on today's show, when a Christian disappoints you. Plus, the latest news, random facts, and our weekly recaps. But first, today is February 25th, and that means we've got a few holidays to celebrate. We do. What do we got? Okay, so as I was... (laughs) As I was reading them, I thought that it said, let's eat all night day. And I was like, yes! (laughs) This is my kind of holiday! eat all night. Let's eat all night. All night eating. But it's let's all eat right day. And it is not my kind of holiday anymore. Because <laughs> if I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna do it for comfort. Okay. Well, that's why it's also these other two days. Ah, true, true. <laughs> it's also National Chocolate Covered Peanuts Day. Hey. And National Clam Chowder Day. Ugh. I love clam chowder. Do you like the white clam chowder or the red clam chowder? I have never even heard of red red clam chowder. You never heard of red? Clam- they put ketchup in it. No, it's just it's tomato based instead of. Whatever the other one's based on. That is true. What's the other one based on? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's in it? Cream, I guess. It's gotta be, right? I would think so. <laughs> but I've just never thought of it. <laughs> I, I've just eaten it. But <laughs> it's never... one of my favorite soups. <laughs> I love, I could eat clam chowder all winter long. It's amazing. Really? Mm-hmm. I've never... In a sourdough bowl. I love me a sourdough bowl, but okay, so I'm going to put tomato soup in that. You guys have never been to San Francisco, have you? I've been to San Francisco. Have you? How old were you? Were you an adult? I was a teenager. Okay. So if you and Dee ever go to San Francisco, you have to go to the pier and you have to get clam chowder in a sourdough bowl. Sourdough, I'm told in the states originated in san francisco like that's the that's the sourdough capital of the states of america that seems backwards to me i would feel like it would be like in new york it's san francisco and it's the best sourdough bread that i've ever had huh all right yep well if we find ourselves back there i'll let you know you should go and you should go see uh Oh my goodness. Alcatraz. The rock. Is it that That's where the special? Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, I just imagine it is an abandoned prison, is it? It is. Is it? I mean, <laughs> but at the same time it's really neat. I mean, you may not have the same experience that I had, but I walked through there. I mean, I've been and in prison, Mo, it's not that great. <laughs> I felt like just this huge weight walking through there. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you, that's where they sent people who were going to, I mean, they were going to kill them. Right, yeah. They knew was, that. Yeah, that was that the was whole point. Death row situation. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So like Al Capone, you hear, you can get a walking tour and hear all the stories of all the people that were there and yeah. Yeah. I bet I would like it with that aspect of like mm-hmm. learning things. Yeah. Like uh, when we go to Carlsbad Caverns. You have the opportunity to just walk it yourself and yeah. do whatever and uh-huh. look around. 
or you can buy a little handheld mm-hmm. tour guide thing and stop at all these numbers and learn about the history. And I'm always the one nerd with the little <laughs> tour guide thing, and all the rest of my family's like, "Come on, yep, why are you stopping every twenty feet?" We I learned <laughs> that that really is the best way to to travel. Obviously, it takes longer, and you can't cram as much into one day. Yeah, but when you go back five, seven, ten years, and you say, "Yeah, I went to this place," and people are like, "Oh, well, did you see this?" and we're like, uh, "I don't know, I I think I did." But right. if you have the tour, then you know. Right. It cements memories mm-hmm. in your brain. Yeah. 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 So even though, like, just using that same aspect, going back to Carlsbad Caverns, I still get it every single time, but I realize that I've had a lot of these things memorized. Yeah. After the two or three times I've done it. And uh, so it's cool to know that I, you know, hey, I know that. Yep. And, you know, and now my kids are getting bigger. And as soon as we can take them, I can, I can just tell them, mm-hmm. this is what happened here. Yeah. I don't have any specific examples because I'm really tired. Uh, <laughs> hey, quick question. Do you mm. like stories? Mm. Mm. Are you sitting around waiting for Tolkien or Lewis to rise from their grave so they can write you another amazing fantasy story? Well, there's no need to wait for resurrection technology to catch up because Michael P. Mordenga, the creator of the game Sunday School Answers, wrote a novel called The Boy and His Curse that any fan of classic fantasy will fall in love with. This story stars Ethan Miyoko, a high school boy who wanted to get his driver's license. On his road exam, he accidentally hits an old lady and gets eternal bad luck. So now, instead of a driver's license, the world is trying to kill him with vicious dogs, house fires, and furniture falling on his head. His only escape is a mystical world of Feria, where a tribe of self-righteous fairy people who live in absolute paradise must take him under their wing. I won't give away the rest, but there are epic battles, lots of swords, gigantic monsters, awkward relationships, spiritual points to brag to your pastor about, and tons of bizarre humor. Fans are saying that if you like C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy or Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, that you will have no trouble eating up this story. The Boy and His Curse is two ninety nine, just two ninety nine, on Amazon Kindle, or it's free if you have a Kindle Unlimited account. The Boy and His Curse will be your next great addiction. Here's the news, folks. We've got a Vermont couple who met while working at their local Walmart who paid tribute to their history by holding their wedding ceremony in the store. Walmart in Berlin posted a video uh, to Facebook showing William and Joanne Sisley. Wait, Sisley's her middle name. Hmm. Bolanger. Bolanger. Exchanging vows in the flower department at the store, where they met as co-workers about a year ago. William recently joined the military, and they held their wedding at the store so they could share their special day with friends, family, and co-workers before he leaves for training. I've seen some weird weddings in weird places like McDonald's and whatnot, but I would think that using the flower department of a Walmart, you could actually make that look pretty nice. (laughs) Well, have you seen that some people, actually, I think it was a thing a couple years ago, and I haven't seen it in a while, but, like, amateur models go into Hobby Lobby, and in the flower section, they set up the flowers (laughs) to be a really nice backdrop, and then they, like, take all these stupid headshots with them. (laughs) Yes, I have seen that. And I'm only hating on it, because, like, I don't know how they do it and make it look so good. (laughs) But I really feel like this couple may, like, okay, sure, 
they met while they were working at Walmart. But I bet you this idea never crossed their mind until Superstore became like really popular. <laughs> and then they're like, hey, look, we could totally do that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like, I like the idea. I'd like to be there. I would have liked to see this wedding. Chris and I met in a grocery store. Yeah, you could have gotten married in the frozen foods. No, we met in the video department, actually. There is no video department anymore. I know, there is no video. <laughs> that's that's just where he worked. We met in the deli bakery oh. on his break. <laughs> that's right, I forgot about that story. Uh-huh. We met in the grocery. That's so weird. Because it seems so normal. You know what I mean? It's weird because it's normal sounding. Because that's like a TV show meetup. Yeah. You know? The first met at the grocery store in the deli. And that's how we started our relationship. And that doesn't <laughs> happen anymore. You know? You meet. You either meet in school or through friends. Well, to you know, be fair. It's not like two random people who have never met before and never have anything in common cross paths. At the grocery store. Wouldn't that be so cool if that's what really happened? <laughs> my mom was the deli manager. Oh, And my right. mom was tired of me. I had just moved to Tennessee and she was tired of I me. I forgot that aspect. Yeah. She was tired of me like being lazy and not doing anything. So she went in search of friends and went to the cute video guy and was like, Hey, if I introduce you to my daughter, will you like introduce her to other people? And he said, let me see a picture. <laughs> <laughs> so she found out his next break, and I went to there, oh. and he was shoveling a sandwich in his face hey. as I came around and introduced myself. So oh. that is her story in a nutshell. Sorry. All right. Not as great, <laughs> but still. <laughs> oh. From now on, I'll just say we met in... The deli department of the grocery Star store. Star-crossed lovers yeah. in, in ships in the night. It was fate. My mom's fate, but it was fate. <laughs> a woman has given birth to a whopping seven babies, Jeez. six girls and a little boy, in a single natural birth wow. event. All the children and the mom are reportedly in perfect condition and doing well following the birth. The incredible arrival occurred at a hospital in the Diyali province of eastern Iraq and is believed to be the first septuplet birth in the country. Wow. The 25-year-old mother hasn't been named, but Firas al-Izawi, a spokesman for the local health department, has said it was a natural birth and that she was perfectly healthy following the multiple deliveries. Seven Babies naturally. Mm-hmm. You don't hear that. Can you imagine how long that took? <laughs> you really, yeah. I mean, I'd have gotten bored by the <laughs> fourth or fifth one <laughs> as the husband. I was like, going to say, right. as the husband. All right, miracle of life. Let's pop them out. Come on. Let's take Come forever. on. We got five more to go. <laughs> I got places to be. <clears throat> Can't be sitting here all day popping out, out babies. these kids. <laughs> I've got to get eight more jobs to support all these children. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, while reaching for... Oh, this is a sad story, by the way, for me. Oh, for okay. me, anyway. Oh. While reaching for a diet soda may seem like a healthier choice at the time, a new study is linking the artificially sweetened uh, drinks with a greater risk of heart attack and stroke. 
See, people have poo-pooed on diet soda for a while saying, oh, it doesn't really help you lose weight. And that's because of the mental aspect of, oh, I'm drinking a diet soda so I can eat more calories. It's a mental thing. But now there's actual evidence that it is bad for you and will hurt you in the future. Mm -hmm. The study, which involved data from 82,000 women ages 50 to 79, found that only 5.1% of participants were drinking two or more artificially sweetened beverages a day, but that group was determined to have a 23% higher risk of stroke in general and a 29% higher likelihood of suffering from heart disease. Hmm. Oh, just another thing I need to worry about in my life. So, I also read... Um, that the artificial sugar in diet drinks triggers your brain to think that the calories are coming, and when they don't, you begin to crave more carbs. Uh, so that's really why you eat more. It's possible, yeah. Is because you're craving the carbs that you were supposed to be giving your body, that you were telling your body you were going to get. <laughs> so, yep, it's just a double whammy now. Double whammy. No diet drinks for you anymore. Dang it. You can't have anything nice. <laughs> you know how long it took for me to acclimate to the taste of diet drinks? <laughs> now I can't even have that. So does this mean I get to slap your hand whenever there's any <laughs> no, kind not, of soda? Not ready for that one yet. Matt! No, sorry. I am currently addicted to diet limeades from Sonic. Not cherry limeades, just diet limeades, which is essentially just... Diet Sprite with a whole bunch of lemon or lime juice squirted in. Okay. But it is fantastic. So you have admitted your problem. Uh-huh. And I'm here to help. And I'm I'm not if ready I ever to see surrender. A, I'm sorry. If I ever see <laughs> I a Sonic you, cup. I don't give you that power over me. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Sometimes your friends have to step up. That's not how this works. You have to wait till I hit rock bottom with soda here. That's how it works, Mo. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm nowhere When's near the bottom. When's rock bottom? When you have a heart attack? Yeah. No. <laughs> Not heart attack, heart disease, or a stroke. <laughs> it says greater risk of heart attack. Oh, it does say heart disease. You're right. <laughs> well, the bottom part says heart disease. I'm sorry. Goodness. Is that the same thing? Is heart disease and heart attack? Do you have heart attacks because you have heart disease? I have no idea. I don't know how any of this works. <laughs> we just read the news. But That's I'm going to find out. <laughs> Because I ain't quitting. <laughs> now, this, is a, I, this, uh, this study's not even about me. This was 82,000 women ages 50 to 79. I am one man aged 33. <laughs> so it's either going to be better or worse. And I'm going to hope for better because I have hope. You know what my mom used to tell me about hope? Huh. You can hope in one hand yeah. and poop, poop in, in the, the other. other. <laughs> See which, which one gets filled, gets filled first. first. <laughs> I heard that from grumpy old man. <laughs> Coming up later in the show, what to do when a Christian disappoints you. Stick around. What to do. What to do.
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show with Matt and Mo here in the studio. Wait, what? On Back Row Radio. You're being so weird. Why am I being weird? Well, at, at the end of the last hour, you said, what to do? <laughs> and just now you said, studio. I said, studio. Studio. It's from Homestar Runner. Okay. Not everybody Chill watches out. that. N- nobody does anymore because it's time has passed. But I watched all of it, and it was fantastic. Never. Hey, what? why don't you start doing your job and quit criticizing me? Because <laughs> I would like some factage come in my direction, please. Okay. <laughs> I can do it, possibly. <clears throat> Caffeine doesn't actually give you energy. I, didn't, I wasn't reading along with you, and I thought you were just calling out for it. Because you're talking all quiet. All right, I think I can do it. Caffeine! Come hither! I need a sneeze. You need a sneeze? I said, I needest thee. I needest thee. Gotcha. Oh my gosh. You can already see how this day is going. I needest thee, caffeine. (laughs) Caffeine doesn't actually give you energy. It just blocks the adenosine. Adenosine? Adenosine? Adenosine. 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 Adenosine? Yeah. Okay. Those receptors in your brain, (laughs) the ones that let you know when you're tired. So it's not giving you energy, it's just it's tricking just, you into thinking you're not tired. Listen, I don't care if it really gives me the energy, I just need to not feel tired. And therefore, it's doing its job. <laughs> this is a dumb fact. <laughs> okay. Did you know, Matt, that there's actually a response to the saying, liar, liar, pants on fire? I did not. It's, I don't care, I don't care, I can buy another pair. <laughs> <laughs> I like that uh, one. Uh, being too stressed and consuming too much coffee can cause auditory hallucinations. Yeah. So you, it can make you think that you're hearing things that you're not really hearing. Yeah. I was working here late at the church one Saturday and I had had coffee, I'd had monster energy drinks, and I'd had caffeine pills because I was super behind on sleep and had a lot of work to do. And I could swear I was hearing people coughing in the church, but I was there by myself late at Ooh. night. And so I was up with a a flashlight and a stick and trying to, like, I, who's here? We've always, <laughs> we have always believed that people live in this church. Right. And there, we don't... There's at least one or two people that just kind of slunk around Yeah, where we're not. I still believe it because there are like legit good places to hide in this church. Uh-huh. I would have never thought that had we never played. What is it? Uh, sardines. sardines. Yeah. yeah. I would have never, ever, ever believed anybody when they were like, yeah, we think homeless people live here. But once you play sardines in this church and you begin to realize all the places that there are to hide that people will never, ever, ever know. You really begin to think, oh, this is this is a legit possibility. <laughs> this could really happen. 
Uh, restaurants often avoid using dollar signs on their menus because they don't want to remind you that you're spending money. Yep. See, but that just confuses me because then I see the number out to the side and I'm like, wait, is this the price? Is this the caloric intake? Is this the weight? Is this the number <laughs> assigned to this meal? I'm... I would like a number 41.95. Right? <laughs> But they also typically don't put like 41.95. It's just 39 or 42. Yeah, often. Yeah, lately in, in the more fancier places. Yeah, I don't yep. understand it. It's dumb. Uh, and lastly, our galaxy, the Milky Way, was so large that it would take 100,000 years to get across its diameter if you were to travel at the speed of light. Scientists estimate our galaxy is just one of two trillion in the observable universe. That's a lot of galaxies. It's just one of two. Oh, trillion. (laughs) (laughs) You got to read the next line again that you already read. Did I read it wrong? (laughs) No, you said one of two trillion. Okay. Then you're like, it's just one of two. Oh, the next line says trillion (laughs) after that, too. Ay, ay, ay. See, That's your hilarious. brain doesn't even register what you're reading. Right, you just said it. <laughs> you I, still got it wrong. I just saw one of two. Okay. <laughs> we are one of two galaxies known to exist. That's what I in thought. In our solar system. <laughs> but apparently there's a trillion in there. If there was only two. two trillion. If there was only two, we'd be declaring war on the other one. You think? For galaxy dominance. I don't know how that would work. That's why we're starting the Space Force, baby. Oh, my goodness. Space Force. You know there's a new Steve Carell comedy? No. Called Space Force? Coming out soon? I don't like Steve Carell. You don't like... Get out. I know. He is one of the funniest men I don't like Steve Carell. I don't like Will Ferrell. I understand Will Ferrell. He's give or take. He's hot or cold. But yet you like Adam Sandler. I love Adam Sandler. Who is awful in almost everything he does. I love Adam Sandler. (laughs) (laughs) Your priorities are out of whack, Mo. At least Adam Sandler's nice to look at. (laughs) No, he's not. (laughs) He's got a moon pie face. What? (laughs) You're a jerk. You keep your opinions to yourself. I don't go talking about Jenna Fisher, okay? I'm not a... I thought that was who your person was. No. Oh. My person? Yeah. My celebrity crush? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? No, it wasn't Jenna Fisher. I really thought it was. <laughs> I really thought it was. I really think that we've had this discussion it before. It wasn't Jenna Fisher. <laughs> Not once ever has it I been. I feel like I've had this conversation with Daedra. <laughs> Daedra might have assumed, but it's not. That's not. That's not my. No. Nope. I can only think of of uh, of two celebrity crushes I've had in the recent last ten years, and that's neither one of them. Neither. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Mo. <laughs> No, we're not even doing this segment. How's this your time. week been? It's been a week. How, let's just say that. My daughter was sick for most of it. Yeah. Pjorkin? Huh? Puking? Oh. See, Burfing? we can't do this. We can't. Um, 
It's been a great Monday, everybody. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Moa's out. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, she wasn't puking. She puked because the drainage from her sinuses. Oh, but it was okay. never actually. It wasn't like. like vomiting sickness. Gotcha. She had 104 fever that we could not get to go to go down and stay down. Like it would go down to 98, but then Pop without right warning, randomly, 104. Wow. So finally took her to the doctor on day five. Good night. Uh-huh. And this was the first time that we had to use like a copay. Had to pay to go to the doctor. Yep. Because we have real people insurance Welcome now. to the real world. Yeah. <laughs> Still, it was only $25 for the visit but and $12 for the medication, but we had a four-hour wait. Goodness. We get there, and there are no chairs. We had to sit on the oh, floor. Oh, that's the worst. It was awful. That means you're in for a long stay. Yep. I'm texting Samantha the whole time, and she's like, why don't you just go to the ER? And I was like, nope, already paid the copay. I'm here for the long haul. <laughs> I am not about to leave after I paid $25. We, we are committed. <laughs> this is where we will be. Yep. We will live here. Yep. <laughs> so you know it's bad when the doctor asks you, where do you want your uh, medications, your prescription sent? And when you tell him the pharmacy that you usually use and he's like oh that's already closed okay <laughs> which pharmacies are still open at 7 30 at night it was 7 30 at night before you got seen yeah goodness gracious yep yep so that was fun <laughs> but immediately she has a double ear infection that's what ended up happening she has a double ear infection that probably came about from a sinus infection mm. so Tested negative for flu, tested negative for strep. Praise the Lord. Um, but immediately after taking her antibiotic for 24 hours, she felt 100% better. Yeah, that's good. So. Oh, well, I've been spending this entire week stressing that uh, I'm going to have to shave my beard next oh, week. I've heard about this. Yeah. So flashback like i think it was 2014 was it that long ago it was it was pretty quickly that, after kevin got here that does sound about right so i'm pretty sure it was either 2014 or early 2015 the youth it might have been early 2015 because that makes more sense time time wise earning money for camp that year yeah um the youth put on a beard off fundraiser where we put buckets out there and they got four people to uh, put their names on it, and everybody would donate to the youth camp fund by donating in one of those buckets, and whoever's bucket raised the most money, their beard gets shaved off. And so we had four people last time, and the results weren't even close. Yeah, I was in it. I made a buck sixty-two. Kevin, our our former former pastor and former person on this podcast, uh, he made. Nearly a thousand dollars. Yep, like nine hundred and seventy something dollars. That was because of one certain donor. Most of it was one certain donor. Yeah, <sighs> but anyway, far and away, he won. I think the next closest amount was twenty six bucks in somebody else's. I don't even remember who the other two people who were. Who was it? That oh, was... I think it was Gary, Gary and Mike. Gary London and Mike Spurgeon. Mike Spurgeon. Yeah, they were on it too. Mike didn't make much. 
Uh, I didn't I make much. I think he made less than you, actually. He might have. Yeah, I think he didn't even crack a buck. Yeah. <laughs> it was Nobody cared to change. see him shave. They're like, eh, whatever. So anyway, this year rolls around, and they're like, we're going to do that again. And the two youth leaders we have now both have beards. And they're like, okay, well, we need to get a couple other people. So they're asking everybody in the church who has a beard, will you be a part of this thing? None of them are saying yes. Mm. And so they come to me and like, look, we can't get anybody to say yes. We were going to have four like that last time, but uh, now we're going to be lucky if we can get three and we want you to be the third. I'm like, I really don't want to do this again. Being the codependent person that you are. (laughs) He goes, look. No one's going to vote for you. They're going to vote for one of us. We're the youth leaders. The youth are going to, you know, encourage everybody to vote for one of us. It's going to be no problem. We just need to have a third person to make it more interesting. I'm like, fine. Fine. I'll do it. Nope. Well, I'm ahead by 150 bucks as we sit. I look like a giant ugly baby when I shave my beard. It's just the worst look my face is not made to be naked because I look awful. The beard does a great job in hiding my awfulness. <laughs> and so now I'm sitting here with one Sunday left in this fundraiser, which for you guys happened yesterday, but I don't know the results yet. And pretty sure unless someone comes in with a giant check like last time and plops it in Tyler or Brandon's bucket I'm going to have to shave my beard. You and Deidre better be deciding whether or not you can use your tithes for the next couple months (laughs) 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 to specifically Uh. give to the youth. Uh, No, we decided we can't do that but we did just get our tax return in and I'm like, hey Let's just use that to cover it. And she goes, we are paying off debt. You will shave your beard. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dang it, Deidre. See, and to me, like, knowing, I know that our listeners don't know. The the other two guys haven't seen pictures of them. But Brandon has got a for real beard. Yeah, it's a Like, Duck Dynasty beard. Noise beard. If anybody, I would have put money down on him that people were going to... Really pin him down and shave it yeah. off. Yeah. Yep. But I then think I he's feel in like second it, place. But yeah. Well, that's because Tyler really off. doesn't have much of a beard. Right. And Tyler's already gone on record saying that he's probably going to shave his off anyway. Well, and <laughs> that was not the smartest thing. But people are like, yeah, we get a two for one and we don't have to put money in Tyler's bucket. Um, but it's not like Tyler has gone years without having a beard right. either. This is like his first beard ever. Yeah. So most of the people in the church have seen him without a beard. Yeah. Most of the people in the church have not seen you or <sighs> Brandon without a beard. I know. And I'm the freaking face of the church every Sunday because I have to get up and do the announcements. The first face people see. Well, that should be like. Now it's going to be a punishment for them. <laughs> that should be. Okay, so tomorrow morning. <laughs> that's my, yeah, that'll be my plea. Look, this is the face you have to see. That's what you every need to Sunday. say, Matt. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Do we want to scare newcomers away? 
<laughs> Every time you put money in my bucket, you are taking that cho- that chance. You are hurting our church. Exactly. You are hurting. You are hindering the growth of our com- congregation. Every time, with every cent that you put in my bucket, you are hindering our growth. Take that up with God. That is. <laughs> that should scare you spiritually, doctrinally, and are- physically. <laughs> I'm serious that like I want I want you to message me tomorrow and say I did it. I said it. And I'm really curious how many people are actually like, "Oh, that's a good point." That's a valid point. You're crossing the line here, Mo, into Yeah, he really is ugly. This will no. really mess up our church. No, but I know that there are some people that are going to be like, oh, he is the face of the church. Oh, this is the first person. Why are we going to make him shave off his beard and and possibly turn people away when they come in? (laughs) Yeah. That's your saving grace right there. Without my beard, I will look like Jabba the Hutt. I've given you a bone. You need to to take it. I don't know that. (laughs) Is that a phrase? Yeah. I'm giving you a bone. You've never heard that. Throw me a bone. Yeah, I'm throwing you a bone. There we go. I didn't think you could catch it if I threw it, so I just just handed it to you. you. (laughs) When we come back, what to do when another Christian disappoints you? Stick around. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on Back Row Radio. We are in the third hour of our Monday morning show, and we are glad to have you with us. Monday, Monday, Monday. So question, what is your favorite Christian fiction genre? Amish romance? Sports stories? Rapture and Revelations pieces? Well, if you said yes to any of those, then stay far away from Michael P. Mordenga's hit story, The Boy and His Curse. This story is so far away from Amish romance, poor interpretations of revelations, or sports stories that you won't recognize it. Instead, you'll get pure, classic fantasy in the same style of Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. Fans are still saying that if you like Lewis's space trilogy or Lord of the Rings, that you will have no trouble eating up this story. Follow Ethan Miyoko, a high school student who just wants to fit in as he gets into a horrible accident. At his driver's exam, he hits an old lady and is given eternal bad luck. His life becomes a constant death trap as random dogs chase him and his house catches fire. His only refuge is a mystical land called Feria, where the cure to his curse lies. Ethan will enter a world of self-righteous fairies, Epic mythical beasts, savage troll warriors, and a ton of awkward problems for a teenager. The Boy and His Curse was written by the creator of Sunday School Answers and promises that same bizarre humor. The Boy and His Curse is two ninety nine on Amazon Kindle. That's $2.99 on the Kindle, or it's free if you have Kindle Unlimited. The Boy and His Curse will be your next great addiction. Hello! All right, folks, we got a topic for you today that 
is my life on a daily basis. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like somehow every time you have a problem in life, a story just happens to coordinate with it. it pops uh, up. I wonder. <laughs> I don't go searching for them. I think they you just do. Pop up. I think like you, what's Mo well, dealing with this week? Maybe you don't what's go searching up? for them, but here's the thing. I think it's just like fishing, you know, the internet gods read our messages and they're like, oh, okay, here, let me put this article in Matt's lap. And then you're like, oh, this great. great. This is brilliant. People. Hey, and maybe even Mo will learn something from it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever put a story in our lineup thinking this will be good for Mo to hear. I think you have. <laughs> It's not until we're sitting here and I announce what the topic is and you go, oh, great, <laughs> that, <laughs> that I realize, oh, yeah, <laughs> we've already had a discussion like this. Today. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, this comes from Revive Our Hearts. It's an uh, article by Aaron Davis, and it's actually nine different reasons or nine different things to remember, sorry, uh, when another Christian disappoints you. So we're going to go through the list and see what we think. Uh, give you our opinion on this list of nine. Uh, number one, we need to remember that all have sinned, which, I mean, it's common. That's something that we hear a lot, but I think it's also kind of, we hear it so often that we really don't think about it all that much. Mm-hmm. We don't give it as much credence. I'm doing a ton of eye rolling, Come on. but it's not because like <laughs> I don't agree. It's because I'm feeling major conviction. So I'll just go ahead and tell you that. Like, it has, the article I can already tell is going to be a good one. Because I'm having to eye roll. Right. Okay. So that's a good, that's good to know. I didn't know. Eye roll means good in most. Eye roll means crap. I've got some soul searching that I need to do. want to hear this, but now I'm stuck. Exactly. Stuck here. Can't just walk out. And listen, if I can't walk out, our listeners can't turn us off. So if I got to listen to this. And you're doing eye rolling right now. You got to listen to it too. <laughs> Romans three twenty three is a gut punch we all need from time to time. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Come on, you can't <laughs> you can't react every sentence. <laughs> we'll never get through it. <laughs> oh my. Okay. How many reasons is this? There are nine of them. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, of course, we both agree with that one. Uh-huh. Uh, number two, sin exposed is a good thing. Uh, she writes, or she uh, gives us Ephesians 5, 11 through 14 that says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed to the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Is this telling me that I can call people out? I I don't th- I don't think that's the exact route that we're, we're supposed to take from that thought. But but in the Bible it also tells us to call people out with one other person with us and then if that doesn't work then to call people out no, in front of the well, entire congregation. Actually first it's just per- first it's just Is you it person to person? Person to person. Then if that doesn't take it bring someone else. Then, and then in front of the whole congregation. Is it the whole congregation or does it move to like 
a group of leaders. And then if that still okay, doesn't listen, take, I just know I think, that I can't remember. Yeah, I, I at some point I get to call people out. At in front some of point, I get to stand <laughs> up at the altar and go, Frank. <laughs> I've seen your search history. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! <laughs> no, see, you know, this list was sparked in the in the uh, introduction to it. It was sparked about like. We, we've been constantly hearing lately about pastors that have been stepping down or failing for one misstep or another or affairs or things of that nature. Mm. And, uh, you know, this is kind of talking about that of, you know, when we have someone that that we have elevated in our own spiritual life uh, as, you know, a righteous person, and then suddenly we get disillusioned because we find out, oh, crud, they made a mistake and the everybody knows about it now mm-hmm. you know, where do we go from there mm-hmm. and so that's kind of where we're at so sin exposed is a good thing is basically just saying you know it's it's ultimately better that this has come to light because now he'll be able to work on it and whoever else is involved will be able to move on or do what else like that's exactly what i thought immediately when i got caught for my sins yeah gosh so many years ago now over a decade ago now um the, my immediate thought was thank goodness this is happening you mm-hmm. know because i knew that that was going to be the catalyst for change which i didn't have the the courage to do on my own right. at the time so yeah this is absolutely 100 percent true in my mind uh number three the third thing we need to remember when a christian disappoints us the cross was built for heavy loads uh, verse for that is first Peter two twenty four. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. You have been healed. So, uh, basically it's saying, you know, we need to remember what makes us Christians. It's not that we have perfect lives or that we, uh, choose to say no to certain music or movies or whatever else. It's not about being, you know, holier than everybody else. It's about realizing that we are sinful, struggling people and that we have to hand that over to Jesus. Yeah. Hashtag truth. <laughs> I know. I know you're going through something over here, but I need a little <laughs> bit of give and take. <laughs> this is a talk show after all. Hey, you're you're teaching me in this moment. I'm, I'm a dutiful student. I am receiving. <laughs> Uh, number four, the fourth thing we need to remember when a Christian disappoints us, speak the truth in love. Uh, Ephesians 4, 14, 15 says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and the deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Every truth I speak is in love. It may not feel like love in that <laughs> Every truth. Every truth I speak is in love. You might not receive it in love, but it's in love. Sometimes love is hard. Sometimes love hurts. Sometimes love is blind. Sometimes love is a knife thrown right at your back. What was it? It wasn't a knife. What did you say? It was throw? a weeder. A weeder right at Chris's back. <laughs> but it's with love. It's with love. It's thrown with love. You're bleeding from love. 
Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the fifth thing to remember when a Christian disappoints you, gossip about sinners is still a sin. Basically, we need to quell ourselves. <laughs> Most rolling <laughs> Romans one twenty nine lists gossips among murderers, slanderers, and haters of God. Ephesians four twenty nine says, "Unless it builds others up, don't say it." And Titus three two urges us to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Which even I, the righteous, no, <laughs> I struggle with this too. Can I just say, like, I I never struggled with gossip until like two years ago, and that's when people started disappointing me. Like that's when I started to really struggle with gossip because y'all is some fake people. <laughs> <laughs> y'all frustrate me so much. That sometimes I just got to get it off my chest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, get it off your chest to that person. Don't talk to other people about it. That's not right. I'm not really calling you out on that. I'm just going on with the article here. I know. Number six. Sixth thing. Sixth thing (laughs) to remember. We're we're over halfway done, Mo. We're almost there. (laughs) I'm sweating. like... (laughs) Uh, sixth thing to remember when a Christian disappoints us, watch out for plank eye syndrome. Oh, I like this one. <laughs> I do like this one a lot. Matthew 7, 3-5 says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own, you hypocrite? First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So responding to other people's sin with disgust or feelings of self-righteousness is like worrying about a little sawdust in a friend's eye while you have two, a two-by-four sticking out of your own. Uh, Psalm 139, 23-24 instead says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous ways in me, and lead me to the way everlasting. Uh, it's basically saying that when you see the impact of sin on someone else's life, Instead of immediately jumping to piling on that person, take that as an opportunity to assess your own life and see what you could be doing wrong or could be doing better. Um, Yeah, root out all the sin in your own heart. And see, that's where, I feel like that's where a lot of us are, and at least all of us have been many times in our lives at one point Mm -hmm. or another, in that. Clearly, we feel there are some people sinning way worse than us. You're like, well, I should be able to, <laughs> I should be able to say something about that. I should be able to call them out. And it's hard for us to get out of the mindset of, clearly, I am more righteous than this person, so it's okay. You know what I mean? I feel like I fall into that all the time. Okay, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I feel like I don't fall into that mindset. No. I'm the one that's like, why are you calling people out? You're a sinner too. <laughs> you got issues of your own. Why you got to go point fingers at that person? Shut up and deal with your own junk before you go trying to deal with theirs. 
That's my that's my mentality. So the question then becomes: Is there a point when we do deal with theirs? Because the Bible, I mean, that, that verse we just read does say, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Implying that at one point, we do need to call that person out. This is a whole discussion, I'm this sure, a for whole a whole other time. But I'm just throwing that question out there. We're going to the talk about this. Because <laughs> my real quick answer is that... God's work in us is never done until we return home. And so I feel like we are always going to, well, not I feel like, we are always going to be sinners until. But I guess the follow-up question then would be, is this talking about all sin in general or is this talking about a specific thing? Like if I I I have an issue with, with overeating, which I do. But I start to call out somebody else for eating poorly, then okay. Well, you're in the wrong because right. you haven't corrected your sin, right? But if you were to come along some, come alongside somebody who's struggling with pornography, right? I feel like that would be legitimate. Okay. However, but there has to be. You can't just go up to somebody and be like, "Hey, yo, I saw your search history. <laughs> you got a problem. Let's right? work through this." You can't, that it takes acknowledgement on the other person's part. Do you know what I'm saying? To then be like, so I need to come along somebody and say, I have an issue with this. And then they say, okay. You have to wait for somebody to come up and say, I have an issue. You think that's what that is? Yep. That's kind of what I think. But. See, I would think. Let's do some research and have a full discussion on this. Hold on. I just want to answer yours. You said, you said, uh. It's not my responsibility to come and say, hey, you have a problem. Let's fix it. I agree. But I would still think that I would have a responsibility given what God has taught me and that I'd be able to see the signs of this in other people Mm -hmm. that they might not even realize is an addiction or whatever that they're struggling Mm -hmm. with yet. Saying, look, I've been where you're at. I likely know what you're going through in this situation. If you want my help, I'm here. Yeah. Would that be acceptable, you think? So... It would still be calling them out for something that, you know, I would be... I would need to be positive this is something they're dealing with, of course. I wouldn't just come out and say, hey, I think you're dealing with this. Mm -hmm. But if it's something that I'm positive they're dealing with, but they're not working on... Shouldn't I at least offer my help? So I think, truthfully, if, and this is going off of a totally different subject, (laughs) but I think, truthfully, if we are doing this whole Christianity thing right, if we're doing discipleship right, then that doesn't even have to necessarily be a conversation. Because coming alongside people and it's not just one person but we're called to come alongside multiple people be yeah. vulnerable with multiple people walk their walk with right. them and and them with us i i feel like i know you well enough to where if i was a male and we were doing discipleship together i would know okay i'm struggling i can go to matt for this and you wouldn't have to say 
I know what you've been doing. <laughs> I know what you did. I know your secrets. <laughs> and if you need help, I'm here. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, if I, I'm I understand doing what you're discipleship trying to say. Yeah. properly, then people in my life know where I've fallen short. They know where the Lord has brought me from. And right. if they too are having struggles in that area, then they should be able to know, okay, Mo has gone through this before. Let me ask her for advice. I think that would be the ideal situation. Yeah. I don't know how how often we're good at making that situation uh, correct. but uh, That's because we live in a time of technology <laughs> and, and conversation no longer happens. And discipleship is also rare. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's why ideally, I said if we're doing it yeah, right. Ideally, I think you're correct. Yeah. All right. Oh, my gosh. Good start. Good start to a conversation we might have in the future. We should have it because I would like to dig into it a little more deep. Yeah, or a little more deeperly. Very much deeper. Very deeper. Number seven <laughs> on our list, if you've forgotten, we're talking about <laughs> nine reasons or nine ways or nine things. I don't even remember the title. Uh, nine things to remember when a Christian disappoints exactly. you. Exactly. Sorry. You go, Goodness gracious. Uh, number seven, forgive for real. Oh, Lord. Ooh. Uh <laughs> In the wake, she wrote, in the wake of the horrific Charleston shooting several years ago, USA Today published an article that said this. When Christians are in the news, it's usually because they have done something wrong. They've gotten on the wrong side of a culture war or cheated on their wife or worse. What the world rarely gets to see is the powerful grace that flows from a deep faith predicated on the belief that we are all sinners in need of forgiveness. The article went on to tell the story of a man whose wife and daughter were brutally killed and when asked what he would say to the killer if given the chance, he said he would say I would say I forgive you. If he kissed me on the cheek, I would kiss him back. These are I mean we've talked about this. I guess it was on the podcast since mm-hmm. the last time we talked about it. Yeah. Uh but you know these these stories actually happen quite a lot. Uh it happened with the I think it was the Vegas shooting, the Las mm-hmm. Vegas shooting a couple of years ago, where we had two uh, two mothers come out and basically say the same thing, uh, who had lost children in this, saying that you know they would ultimately try to forgive this person and pray for this person, not want revenge or want this person taken out themselves. Mo, you are staring so. <laughs> so powerfully that I feel like you're going to burn a hole in the table. You're freaking me out here. Sorry. But uh yeah, it's it's uh it's a kind of grace that I feel is inhuman or mm-hmm. not inhuman but n- not a human trait. Not within our yeah, capability, capability. Yeah. without that kind of of grace mm-hmm. in our heart, that godly grace. Mm-hmm. Um so basically what it's saying here is that we have the power to forgive this person of whatever they've done. Um, and it's it's easy for us to get... We actually talked about this at CR this week. It's easy for us to get caught in the trap of uh, forgive but never forget. Mm-hmm. Or forgive but don't trust that person again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there might be some justification for that if this person has burned you the same way over and over and over again for years and years. Mm-hmm. But... Especially when it's the first time something like this has happened. Mm-hmm. 
to just say that, okay, well, I'll forgive you, but I'm never going to forget this or I'll never trust you again. That means you're not forgiving. <laughs> you're yeah. not forgiving the person at all. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's easy for us to continue to hold on to the, to the hurt and say that I'm not going to trust you again because we feel like we're protecting ourselves, but really we're just trapping ourselves in that hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's not only dangerous, but it will severely cripple you when it comes to your relationships because you're going to start doing that with everybody Mm -hmm. the more often you do it (sighs) but it's okay to take time i mean forgiveness does take time Mm -hmm. you don't have to do it right away and say all right i forgive you forget let's go get some frozen yogurt you know it's it's okay to heal but you got to work on that at least uh number eight in the list of nine things to remember when a christian disappoints you the world is watching uh, the article that we quoted in the last one is proof that the world is watching. Um, <coughs> Acts one eight says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So basically the art, uh, the uh, author of this article is saying that we're the billboard God wants to use to tell the world about him. And so what are we what story are we telling with how we react to other people failing? That it's one and done? That you mess up and you're out of the family? Or that there is grace? And uh, last, the number nine on our list of things to remember when a Christian fails you, prayer is a weapon that works. James five sixteen says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed and pray uh, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Uh, this is a big CR verse. Uh, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed. Uh, I think a lot of people skip that first part, the confess your sins to one another thing. Mm. Uh, we're always wanting to pray for somebody else who's struggling with something. We're, very, we're not very quick to say, hey, I'm struggling with this, especially in church, because we feel like we have to keep up a facade of righteousness and holiness and never doing any not niceness. Yeah. <laughs> that was a dumb list. <laughs> I don't think it was, and I don't <laughs> think you think it was either. <laughs> no, it was actually a very good list. Yeah, very good list. There's actually a lot more to the article. Check it out. Again, it's at Revive Our Hearts. It's an article by Aaron Davis called Nine Things to remember when another Christian disappoints you. Uh, very good. Very good. Very, very good. Very, very. <laughs> very All right. Very. Let's move on to our Ask Us Anything. Uh, All right. So today's Ask Us Anything is, what was the most amazing physical feat you've managed to pull off? Go for uh, it, Matthew. What have you done? I think it's... I think it's sad that I have to go as far back as fifth grade to, to, to give you this answer. Not a super physical. I mean, like in high school, I could squat uh, the most weight than more people. Like I was up to 
I want to say almost 700 pounds. I bet you could squat more than me right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do have pretty strong calves because I've been carrying around this fat my whole life. But, <laughs> but no, an actual physical feat that was like impressive, amazing, specifically the word amazing, I guess, had to have been in fifth grade when I was playing basketball, which I was the tallest kid. So they usually just made me stand on the other side of the court by the goal that I was supposed to shoot in. And they would get the ball and hurl it down court and I would toss it in. And we used that strategy until we got to the championship game. Uh, and we were like, a, you know, we're a Catholic school uh, with a bunch of uh, basically weenie kids. But we made it <laughs> manage to get to the championship game. And... In like the third period, there was a kid that was like a foot taller than me. And I was the tallest kid I had seen in the whole sport as we've been doing it. Other team, kids foot taller than me. Like, oh no. So I'm, I happen to get the ball and I'm running towards the goal. And this kid is now coming up right in my face. And I did something I'd never practiced or tried to do before. I did a behind-the-back forward pass to our star athlete who got it and laid it up for two points. And it was just an amazing moment in that game that I not only did that and it was successful, but like it stopped the game for a few minutes because everyone was like, what just happened? (laughs) Nobody does that. And so... The rest of the story goes, the other team was running the scoreboard. They didn't give us two of our shots. They won by two points. And we all knew it. And our parents were too big of weenies to say anything about it. To say anything about it. And so they're like, look, we know who really won. And better yet, we have a story of one of the most amazing... uh, passes and shots i've ever seen coaching at this school blah 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 and i'm like okay that's my nice excitement but... my excitement over my cool pass is severely shortened by uh the fact that we won the championship but we're not gonna get credit for it mm-hmm. and yeah so really cool moment surrounded by a bunch of stink yep what about you, Mo? What was your most amazing physical feat you managed to pull off? Uh, I mean, aside from having three children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, geez. Um, I think, so I think the half marathon last year is mm-hmm. right up there at the top. But I think even better than that, when we were in Italy... Wait, you lived in Italy? (laughs) You're such a jerk. I haven't brought it up in forever. Wrong. You made a Facebook post about it, the whole thing. I meant on the morning show. I haven't brought it up on the morning show in forever. I miss Italia. I miss cafe. I do. I miss taking the train to Venice and it only being a 15-minute train ride. 
Spend the day read, in Venice. I read every one of those sentences, that whole thing, and every one of them, I'm like, oh, Mo, come on. You've never lived there. You sounded don't kind know. of obnoxious here. I don't care. I know, it sounded good. I think <laughs> Sorry. you might have derail, issues with me. Here. I think you might. I have tons of issues with <laughs> My greatest physical feat is holding back my fists right now um, from punching you in the face. I'm sorry. Totally would do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Totally would do it. (laughs) You were in Italy. What happened? Took down my brother, and he's not that much smaller than you. Just remember that. Okay, I That's relent. That's what I've been training for my entire <laughs> life, apparently, was to fight you one day. <laughs> We're like Superman and Lex Luthor started as friends, ended as the bitterest of enemies. Yeah, it's going to happen. Um, so when we were in Italy, we, there is, okay, there's this place called Lake Barches, but it's not really a lake. It's more of a river that runs through the mountains. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something way off. Like, it's more of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and the water is from the snow that melts every spring from from the mountaintop. Yeah. Okay. So, every year it changes. Every year it's a different kind of flow to mm. the river. Okay. Well, one Fourth of July, we decided to go out. You know, obviously the Italians don't celebrate Fourth of July. It's the American Independence Day. Right. So <laughs> we decided to go and do our own thing. And do I was a- for a second. Why not? <laughs> yeah. It's got fireworks. But, yeah. They would not, they weren't really happy with us on the 4th of July when we would do fireworks. But anyway, we decided to go out on the river and it's very rocky um, and just kind of have a barbecue out there. Well, some of our friends also decided to do river surfing, which sounded like a great idea. Um, And it was Chris and our friends Chris and Heather, who they were married at the time. And Heather's not the most physically active person, but she did this, and I thought, she comes back alive. Like, body surfs through the entire river, comes back, and she's like, it's the greatest thing ever, it's so much fun, blah, blah, blah. So when she comes back alive, another group of us are like, we could totally do it. If Heather can do it, let's do it. So a group of us decide to go, and in this group, it's myself, my friend Katie, um, Chris is going again, and then our friend Amber decides to send her two boys, who were eight and five at the time, maybe, roughly. But she sends them on those little inner tubes, your little donut inner tubes that you stick around your waist, right? And she's like, just keep that around your waist, you'll be fine, no big deal. Well, everybody keeps telling us, go feet forward, not face forward. Because the way that the water is just flowing, it's going to take you down some currents. And there's a couple undertoes that will take you down. But as long as you have your feet forward, you'll be able to maneuver better. Okay. Well, that's completely unnatural when you go into water. When you go into (laughs) water, you go head first, typically. So mistake number one, I go to go in the water and go head first. And immediately I'm like, crap, I forgot feet first. I hit that first undertow and I am down for over a minute. And it is just banging me around. 
left and right. And the water's clear. You can see through it. So I've got my eyes open just to make sure I don't actually hit any rocks or anything. Because like I said, it's very, very rocky. You're at the base of the mountain. Um, So I finally see a tree branch off to the side. Grab a hold of that tree branch as fast as I can and just pull myself onto the bank. I barely made it like 50 feet into this whole river surfing thing. (laughs) Barely done anything. But that first undertow and I was like, eh, not going to do this anymore. Pull myself back onto the bank. And then here comes my friend's son on that little inner tube. And it's just banging him around. The inner tube goes flying. He is now all himself no safety net if you will and so i just scream out to him just swim to me and he looks at me and i look at him mind you i had just watched my friend katie who was one of the most physically active people who i had ever known she ran marathons on a weekly basis and the look on her face was absolute terror so i thought okay if katie's freaking out None of us are going to survive this. (laughs) Don't know how Heather did it. None of us are coming out of this alive. So Colby, just the little boy, just starts swimming to me as fast as he can. And I just grab his little hand and pull him back onto the riverbank. So I think that was probably my greatest physical feat was not dying and saving that child's life. (laughs) And saving a life. You are a hero. There is a YouTube video of it. I want to see that. It's called Crazies on a River. Crazies on a river. Yep. And you can see me all excited and happy before, and then you can see me go in head first like a dummy, and then you see me go under, and you don't see me again. (laughs) And my mom, Uh. when it happened, my mom watched it. I made a Facebook post about it. Remember, I'm living in Italy. My mom's back here in the States. She hasn't seen me in years. And she's like, I was watching that and legit thought you died. I knew you had made this post, but I seriously, please do not do stupid things like that anymore. I know you posted it, but still in my head, I'm thinking she's already dead and she's, she's posting gone. from the grave. Yep. She really did. So All right. I managed to not die in Lake Barches. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. That's an appropriate one. Can you imagine what the morning show would be like without Mo? It'd just be Hillary, I'm assuming, at this point. Which... <laughs> I've been told that I'm the favorite, so I'm just saying. <laughs> and this is by people who don't know us personally. Oh, <laughs> uh, stick around. We'll be back soon to close out the show. Inflate your ego a little bit. I'm just this. saying. Back to the back of our morning shows. We close out the day on this Monday morning. We got your Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is Matthew twenty two thirty seven, and he said to him, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind." Our thought for the day comes from <laughs> Building four twenty nine. 
I can't brag about my love for God because I fail him daily, but I can brag about his love for me because it never fails. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you to our sponsor, A Boy and His Curse by Michael P. Mordanga, available on Amazon now. Pick it up. We're here every Monday through Thursday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore presentation at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed together into a podcast for you over on BackRowRadio.com, iTunes, Google Play, pretty much any place that you can find a podcast. And don't forget to connect with all aspects of The Back Row by visiting TheBackRow.org and join our meme-packed Facebook group at BRBChurch.com. If you love what we do here at The Back Row Morning Show and Back Row Radio at large, please consider partnering with us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash radio, We are still five-sixths away from our funding goal, so please help us reach that. Even with just a little bit a month will help us go a long way. Mo, what's the final word? Italy is the best. <laughs> well, that's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye. Italia. Is that how you say it? Italia. 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 Let's go to Italia.